Great Western. <laughs> hey, Tyler. So, We got a sponsor now, eh? Yeah, we do. <laughs> what is it? Andersonville North. Races and rally, rally and races. <laughs> rally and matters. Okay, so uh, yeah, so Andersonville is a yearly motorcycle rally, usually held at the end of August. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically a super fun party. <laughs> I've been going there for like four yeah. years straight. It's great. And they got camping on the grounds and everything. Free, free um, camping. It's our friend, our friend Jesse De- Anderson, who was on the podcast, is a big part of organizing and all the technical stuff that goes into it. Yeah. So. Um, as of the 21st of December, 2016, they have Andersonville, uh, 2016 t-shirts and hoodies or bunny hugs. If you're from Saskatchewan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, t-shirts are available in small to three XL, uh, for 15 bucks and hoodies from medium to three XL for 35 bucks. Uh, they also have patches, uh, for... What is it? Three bucks? Three yeah, bucks. Three dollars. <laughs> yeah, three bucks. And stickers are two dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to write that down. Um, so check out their Facebook page. If you want if you want any of those, yeah, just contact their Facebook page. And the Facebook Message them on Facebook at Andersonville North. Rally and races. Yes. And uh, you know, please subscribe, rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube. Or wherever you listen to your podcasts at, uh, our Twitter handle is at this life game. Facebook, just search this game called Life and make sure you click that like button. Uh, you can follow along with us on this adventure. Um, <laughs> it is an adventure. It is an adventure, yeah. An adventure. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, make sure you send them to this life game at gmail.com and we would love to answer them or you know talk about them on the podcast. All right, enjoy the show. of This Game Called Life. I'm Sean Hurliu. I'm Tyler Shofa. And today we have a very, very special guest. Special. <laughs> Tyler's girlfriend, Kaylee Brost. Kaylee Brost! <laughs> hi, hi, guys. <laughs> so uh, today we're, we're going to be talking, uh, doing another little part on... Death. Well, maybe not little. It death, can, it loss, might be bigger, acceptance, but, right? Well, yeah, death, loss, and acceptance series. And uh, we figured someone who has some like background, background like actual in, like like uh, schooling and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, someone who actually knows what they're, about. <laughs> what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, so basically, <laughs> so you guys know my background. I attended the University of Saskatchewan, and I uh, majored in psychology. And one of the classes that I did take uh, on a 200 level was the death and dying psychology class. 
Um, something interesting in the actual class description is they um, suggest for individuals who have recently um, suffered a loss not to take the class. And I was registered to start in uh, the January and I ended up actually losing an uncle like oh, a week before I started the class. But guess what? I took it anyway. <laughs> No, you know, with the the education and like learning, you know, the different um, theories and the research that has gone into death, dying, grieving, it really definitely opens your eyes into the world because whether it be an actual death or whether it be like a new chapter in life, a lost relationship, a lost item that you're sentimentally um, attached to. Or just like everything in general, you know, like there's grief in every aspect and every angle of life. And yeah. it's a matter of being able to um, acknowledge it and understand it, whether it's on an actual death level or like a bad day level. Yeah. So. <laughs> Jeez, you got a lot. Yeah. Holy shit. I was like, oh, fuck. Already better, better spoken than any of yeah, us. Yeah, no shit. I was like, holy shit, fuck yeah. Um, We're so like fucking... Before we move forward, um, I do have a lot of information that is based off my textbook that I uh, received for this class, and it is called Death and Dying, Life and Living, the seventh edition, written by Cor, Nabe, and Cor in 2012. You got okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you I'm not coming up with this stuff all on my own. <laughs> yeah. so no, I know, I know. It's I know, basically, know, yeah, know. all from them, so... Yeah. No, like for me, Kate, like when I like watched my dad die, like that was the worst time of my life. Like it's like I, it's not like you lose yourself. Like I honestly, I almost like I watched my family suffering and everything. Like I, I felt like we lost. It's not just we lost somebody, but we lost that connection. We lost like our, our yeah, a big we, part I, of the family. Yeah, you know what I mean? Though, like I've lost. It's a core member. Even me, and my dad. I told him the positive one. We never really got along. I love him so much, but you know what? Like. Once I lost him, like, I literally felt like I lost, like, a part of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just, and I can't get that back, ever. There's never a part that, like, I dream about him every day. Like, I, I literally, I have dreams, though. And that's the thing, though. I'll have dreams at night, and those are my best dreams. Because, like, he'll be in my dreams. Yeah. Supporting me skateboarding, because my dad always would buy me, sk- as soon as I break a skateboard, he'd be like, oh. Let's go get another one. Yeah, let's yeah. go get another one. He loved it, right? He'd, he'd sit there and drink his beer. His uh, beer, and he'd watch me skateboard in front of the house and do all the shit. He just loved it, right? So yeah. it's like I lost, I don't know, when he died, even though as I got older, as a teenager, like I lost, We, you know, you lose connection with somebody. But like now that he's gone, like I would, I would literally change anything in the world just to have like a fucking minute with him. Yeah. You know I mean? Well, yeah. Right, though? Yeah. Like I feel the same way about my Baba, too. I was I was her little angel, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> little did she know. You know she, yeah. she, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Well, I was very quiet, and it was very easy to watch and whatnot. So I'd always sleep over there. She'd always take me to the uh, take me to the co-op with my Dito or whatever, and you know she'd buy me a comic or something like that. She bought me my first Spawn comic. Not knowing what what Spawn yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or a little card, or a little honey bun, right? You're yeah, gonna, you're it, gonna it's it's funny actually. My dad even he was he was the baby in their family, and uh, he he would like if they went into town or whatever, like because they they lived in Borden, and uh, so uh, my dad would ask ask 
could you bring me back a little car? And she'd always bring him back a little car. So I'm like, yeah. maybe I'm like the second of my dad. Yeah, her, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so what? what is grief? Like, I know it's a feeling. That's a hard question. Well, you, you went to school for it. Well, for me, what grief is, is like, grief is like, like what I said like earlier before we recorded, like I, in 2010, I lost seven people in my family. Yeah. So, like, grief to me is just like, you know what? As fucked up as this sounds, grief is a normal aspect in my life. Like, yeah. Grief is just like, somebody, but, like, literally is fucked up as this sounds I'm sorry like, as fucked up as this sounds like a, you know what I'd love to get married and all this shit and get married and have things but you know what though to me though I think they're just gonna go like do you know what I mean grief is just like acceptance of the, like you know what, you, what you're you not in control and it's gone yeah the people that you love are always gonna be gone I feel that grief in general for is like a life experience whether it just be um, coping with um and keep in mind it's based on people's perceptions right because everyone reacts differently to a certain situation right so say if you get laid off from a job you're grieving oh yeah you know if you end a relationship you're grieving um and or if you lose a love member um whether it be if they leave you um, or if they pass away, you're grieving. Yeah. So I don't necessarily like to just attach it on to um, death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to attach it on to everything yeah. about life. You oh, know, yeah. if you're having a hard day or like say if you lose your favorite um, T-shirt or something that you have deep sentimental value to, yeah. you grieve. Or, or you your know? sports team lo- loses, you It's know? grief, you know. I feel like it's a everyday emotion that you experience. Yeah. And then depending on the situation, um, that's the intensity differentiates. Yeah. So that's what I think grief is. That's true, right? Don't like Tyler, that buzz buzz is probably going to be on Jesse there. Jesse Anderson, sorry. But you, <laughs> you also do really me. need to keep in mind when it does come to grief and just everything in general, it's all about perception. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I can perceive grief much differently than mm-hmm. Tyler, much you know differently than you, Sean, right? Yeah. Well, but think- every single person has their right and should be allowed to grieve however they need to in order to I kind think of cope and so move forward. Much, well, you yeah. went to school for this, but, like, to me, I've never, I don't know this, like, there's science behind it, but, like, to me, I think everybody, books that I've read, and I love reading the books, like, right now, which I love, Rob Bell, I'm sorry, he's my favorite dude ever, he literally <laughs> signed a book for me and sent it to me, and it's about how suffering is connected to, like, creativeness. Like, you have to be going through suffering to, like, almost be creative. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes actually was from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who is my favorite psychologist. Um, she specialized in death, die, uh, dying, and grieving. And it said, beautiful people just aren't made. You know what I mean? They go through the most ugly things. Yeah. And that's how beautiful people are created. It's from their experience. It's from the tough times. And it's from all the different colorful situations that they have gone through. And it helps them develop into a beautiful person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because for someone to be able to go through all those things, they can relate. Yeah. And it's that, you know, that passion and that understanding towards other human beings. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. That's true, though. Man. No, yeah. no, it's true. I never, like, the things are, like, you know what? I was kind of a dick before, but you know what? 
I went through the shit. <laughs> <laughs> just a dick before. No, but <laughs> not anymore. No, not just anymore. But no, I went through a lot of shit. I did. I went through yeah. a lot of shit. I'm not happy with myself. The shit that I've done and the shit that, you know, I've gone through a lot of things and I regret. And you know what? And then watching my dad die and shit. Like, it's just like, I know my dad wasn't perfect. Like, my dad wasn't perfect. Stop pounding the table, Tyler. <laughs> please, please stop. Okay. But, but you know what I mean, though? But, like, yeah. watching him die, though, he was perfect there, though. He, that is yeah. where he was perfect. Yeah. No matter what happened, whatever but he did, that when he died, though, I watched him and I kissed him. And I, I fucking, those water drops, like, on his, he yeah. was perfect then. Do you know what I mean, though? Right? Does that make sense? Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, so what, why, uh. Why not just avoid grieving? Like, why not just avoid yeah, grief? I know you can't, but uh, some people can just bury things. Like, what I've potentially died. could happen, do you think? Okay. Sorry. No, you go. No, you go. Okay. I literally, though, and to this day, I love my mom. She listens to this podcast now. I love you, mom. But you know what? I'm very, like, I hide everything. Yes, yeah. I hide and I hid that grieving from well, me and you. Remember when my dad was yeah. dying? You and Barbie were the only people that were like there for me. Yeah, but we waited. We waited for you to come out to us. And then what did we I remember do? the text message? You were like, "So are we were going to hang out again or what?" <laughs> do you remember that though? <laughs> and then we hung out that night and drank wine at the river. <laughs> yeah, you're. Ne- I'll never forget that. It was you and Barbie. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah. like, you need that. Like, you need to know where you are. Like, you need to know. Like, I fuck man. My dad died. As soon as my sister said that, I remember at the town hall, so I was like, okay, hey, whatever. Ah, it's kind of almost a joke, right? So I go there every fucking Sunday and I see my dad slowly, like, literally, like, literally, literally in a way. Withering away, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to accept it. Like, I, and I'm ashamed of myself for that. I'm ashamed that I did that. Like, you know what I mean? I should have been there for him. I should have hung out with him, but I literally avoided him. At all costs. Yeah. And that's my biggest regret in life. Because I literally, as soon as I found out he had cancer, I avoided him. Yeah. Well, I feel like um, when an individual is grieving something and they decide to suppress it, they will suppress it. However, it will affect them um, on kind of in their subconscious. Yeah. Whether it be through other aspects of their life, whether it be, you know, them acting out, whether them, you know, um, plummeting in their academics. I feel that if you, obviously everyone has their own grieving pattern and they have their own way of grieving. However, if they completely suppress it, they don't even really acknowledge it. It will build up, build up, build up, build up and just kind of explode. So, and that's why um, it's very healthy every single step of grieving, whether it be the anger stage, whether it be, you know, the bargaining stage, you know, like every stage is important to go through. And it's important for the individual who is grieving to completely understand that whatever they're feeling and whatever they are doing in order to get through this grief is completely healthy and completely normal because that is kind of where it can be hard because they're like, I am angry. I am angry all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I am blaming my mom for this, this, and that. You know, I'm blaming my friends for this, this, and that. And you know what? It's like, okay. You know? Yeah. Because you, 
even though like you aren't attaching it to your grief, you are grieving. Yeah. Whether you do suppress it, it does come out in other avenues of life, whether it be immediately, whether it be like a couple months down the road or years, you know? So I feel that even though they do try to like suppress it, I feel like it does kind of bleed out every now and then. Big time. I I, I asked that question because I, uh, I suppressed it for a long time. This was over a relationship, though. Yeah, exactly. One, one there's where no I difference. Would, there's no difference. I was grieving something that wasn't even over, though. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. I wouldn't let myself feel it because I didn't want it to end kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So I just kept on going, and it just got more volatile and more poisonous and mm-hmm. just the worst thing ever. Like, to, to the, like just like you were saying, it builds up and builds up. And then, like, after, like, four years of an on-and-off-again long-distance relationship, I, like, ended up, like, punching a wall in, yeah, in dude, front of the girl and ever that. since then i like i just it broke me at mm-hmm. that point and then that's when we ended because and it wasn't even me that ended it at that I point think, oh, no, no 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 it was me that ended it at that point it wasn't even her she she wanted to keep trying and i'm like no i'm you not healthy i am not healthy i could never do though like <laughs> you know i need to get over all this shit like mean like, a- like myself like the thing that i was still Grieving, but wouldn't let myself was I had a family at one point. Mm-hmm. I had my girlfriend who had my mm-hmm. son and we were living together and then that broke away or broke up and everything just like I, I suppressed it all, pretended to be right. just no, everything was happy. Everything, right? was, everything fine. was awesome. But right? everything was not fine. Matt, Dorado, I'm sorry, Kelly, you're my girlfriend. But say right now, like I, when I was like literally though, I thought I was I was going to be Right, in love and, like, all that shit. And, like, I went through a giant loss, though, right? Yeah. Like, it, you know what I mean, though? Like, once I left... <laughs> I can bleep it out if we need to. Yeah, I sh- you should. Okay. It's just going to be one little... One yeah, little bleep. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying, though? And, yeah, and you lose yourself. It's not like you lose yourself. It's like, it's true, though. Well, you lose a part of yourself, yeah. though, right? Because that was a part of you for a very, very, very long very time. Long time. Mm-hmm. You know, and you kind of have to wrap your head around, like, what exactly happened. Like, I was in a relationship for, like, five years back in high school. And I completely had to, like, restart my entire life and kind of, you know think about my life and it took me like 10 years to fully you know get over it rebuild move on and come to terms with you know even unanswered questions that I may have had you just kind of have to come to the acceptance part after a long long time oh yeah and then eventually one day when you wake up and then you are okay that's true, though, right? You do. You learn. You learn to accept. I think it's not. It's not like you learn to accept what you do. It's just like when you first do that breakup, or maybe when you have like separation, or whatever. You're like, oh, there's nothing here. But literally, like as time goes on, you learn to accept. You you learn to grow up, right? Though. Yeah. Do you know what I mean though? So no matter what, like eventually, you're always gonna find that you're gonna find yourself. No yeah. matter what, right? That's what I did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, talking about the five stages of grieving, what are they? Okay, well, first of all... I have a follow-up um, question, too, afterwards. Yeah, I want to talk about the, the stages. So, there's a five-stage model that was created by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who I had already mentioned. And basically, what initially happened was four of her theology students approached her um, for helping them in a project about crisis in people's lives. For example, death. 
Therefore, they went to interview dying patients and they ended up talking to like 200 um, dying individuals in a three-year duration. Um, and this is exactly what started the foundation of her five-step model. So she could visually see these uh, stages, whether it was going on with the actual dying individual or the bereaving um, and like grieving um, um, loved ones, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the first uh, stage is denial. So this is when the individual's unwilling um, to hear that either they are dying or their family member's dying. Um, so the awareness that they do not want to hear about it, so they use denial as a buffer in order to deal with these things. Um, it is temporary and over time get, eventually does get replaced with acceptance over time and obviously it does depend on the individual. Um, during this uh, model stage denial, people um, seek out for a cure which is reinforced by the people around them. Um, there's different kinds of denial. So there's um, absolute denial, which is absolutely no acceptance. There is fluctuating denial, which means that there's like some acceptance. Modified denial, which is they believe that they will get mattered, or sorry, they will get better no matter how sick that they actually are. Um, the primary purpose of denial is uh, positive protection um, from overwhelming news. And this is problematic only if it creates the refusal of treatment or, you know, somehow trying to, um, you know, move forward with the situation. And that's kind of like the first one. Um, second one is anger. So this is the why me. And this is a substitution for denial um, when it cannot be continued. Um, and like for a version of this anger is resentment. Um, it, the anger is directed towards people around them. So it could be family, it could be a higher power, it could be their doctor or facilitators, it could be really anything. It could be your friends, your significant yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, once um, denial and anger do not work, um, eventually, oh, sorry, I'm skipping ahead here. <laughs> Um, so the anger is directed towards other people. And then this is difficult. Um, it can be a form of denial, but a movement towards acknowledgement. There is one positive aspect and it comes, um, it's like coming to terms with what is happening and what is coming. Um, and there is also the negative aspect where it's completely uncontrolled. And then the third is the bargaining. Um, so the individuals experiencing less anger or, or outrage and more um, resignation. So trying to seek ways to set aside in some manner what has happened. Once denial and anger do not work, then they can eventually resort to bargaining. So for example, um, if they live, I will do this. Um, if hey, I change no. this. Hey, hey, wait, can I say something? Mm -hmm. But okay, like, <laughs> okay, so anyways, though, like, this is like, for my dad, like, when, when, like, his birthday comes around, like, it's so depressing. Yeah. And it's like, our Father's Day, that is the worst, and I know that Matthew, like, our, you know, mm -hmm. Matthew, our best friend, like, he'd probably say the same way about Mother's Day. Yeah. Like, for me, Father's Day is the worst time, right, though? Because it's like, I love, I love my dad. Yeah. I did. Well, you know what? I hate it. I'm sorry. We did, like, we did not get along. But, like, now coming on right now is, like, like when you come to, like, anniversaries or, like, things like that, it's, like, it's so hard to accept. It's so hard because it's, like, you know what? At that time, well, I guess no matter what, because you wouldn't know, but, like, at that time, you're, like, I would change anything to have a great relationship with my dad. Yeah. But I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know that he was dying of cancer, right? Mm -hmm. 
So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. But the fact that, like, it's his birthday and shit, like, it's so hard. And I was like, me and my family, I love I love you guys. Like, me and my family. But we don't talk about it. And you know what I mean? Because it's hard. It's, it's just a thing that I don't want to talk Like, we don't want to talk about. Well, and that's kind of what I... Sorry. I totally dropped it off. And that's what I like to, like, look at as triggers. You know what I mean? Like... You go, as you experience grief and as you're kind of coming to acceptance and you're moving forward with your life and you're distracting yourself with other portions of your life, whether it be, you know, moving on in your career or your education or with a family, and then you come around that time of year or that place or that time of day and it triggers you. So then it kind of makes you relive what you went through. Yeah. You know, whether it be a date, whether it be, you know, like a picture that you had or whatever you know and then it kind of makes you relive some of those feelings some of those thoughts and that's definitely what you're saying about bargaining you know Kaylee my Rose. father passed away and i wish i could really have a good relationship yeah. what okay can i ask you a question maybe when, can i ask you though like when who was the last person that like passed away in your life and how like how did you deal with it if that's okay in my life yes if that's okay the most recent yes I've had a lot of death in my life. Um, probably the one, I'll, I won't say the most recent, but I'll say the one that's affected me the most. Yeah, for sure. If that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so my grandmother on my mom's side, um, she was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when she was 30 years old. And um, they came from a very um, poverty home. My grandma was a stay-at-home mom, and the only time that her arthritis would go in remission is when she was pregnant. So needless to say, they had 10 kids. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But growing up, you know, when the arthritis hit her hands, she couldn't really, you know, use them. Um, She was also a very spiritual woman. She had a big impact on my life and just, like, how to be as a human being. Um, You know, would volunteer with the Salvation Army and, like, all that kind of jazz. And um, eventually down the road, um, the arthritis hit her hard. And it was to the point where she was getting um, hospice care, and uh, she could. Did you sorry? Did you have to go visit her? Like yeah, so we would go and we would visit her, and um, she'd be like lying on the bed, and like you like her. My mom would have to like move her body different positions, and um, it's just like so weird because. This gets into, um, you know, sudden death and anticipatory death, right? This was an anticipatory death where it was to the point where I'm like, just go. Yes, exactly. Sorry, baby. I love you. Like, sorry, when it's true. Right? No, no, I'm sorry. But like, that's how I felt with my dad dying. I'm sorry. But yes. Um, Anyways, and something that's kind of crazy, and I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but the last time that I sat there and talked to my grandma, I knew it was the last time. And I remember sitting um, next to her and I like her and I never really had any like in-depth conversations. It was pretty like surface stuff. And I remember there was like four of my like cousins and siblings all in the room with me. And I just kind of sat in a chair next to her and I was just sitting there talking about anything and everything I could honestly get out of me. And I would ask her questions and try and get her to engage with me. And at that point um, she was so weak that she was just kind of, it was funny. She would just close her eyes if she didn't want to like say anything. (laughs) 
Um, and, you know, I knew that this was the last time. So, you know, I got to say the things I wanted to say. I told her, it's okay. You need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, told her I love you and I'll see you. And I was dropped off at the airport later that day. And I told my cousin, I'm like, you know what? That was my last conversation with grandma. I think she's going to go. And she's like, oh, you think so? I'm like, yep. I'm like, I just, you know, you just feel it. You were, yeah. And yeah. that was the last time. And it was, it's kind of like a whole other level of feeling, you know? It's like, you don't know, but like, you know, if that makes any sense. Can I ask you something though? Like, I know like you went to school for this. It's not like... Oh, you know how to learn. Nobody knows how to like grieve. But like, yeah. do you think you going to school? Do you think you learned like how to grieve? Almost, they don't even know. Like, you 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 took those classes. You've learned educational. But I don't think I don't think it would change emotionally how somebody would grieve. Do you know what I mean? No, absolutely not. Like at that point when I took my class, I have experienced like the death of you know friends of like grandparents of family friends etc and it was a very interesting and surreal experience taking this class because I would read these theories and I would read like actual like legit things and it would like solidify what I went through Mm -hmm. it would be like yes you are doing it you are grieving and it answered questions being like why am I feeling like this why am I angry and reading everything and it just kind of came to light and this was an intense class keep in mind because we would like have to do like personal reflection stories where i would have to pick apart my grieving process what helped me what listen what music what music did you listen to um who how did you react to finding out the news um what emotions did you experience and um you know it's so it's it's kind of like peeling back the onion layers as to how you feel and it's it's a hard <laughs> Sorry, thing I like that. That's actually that's really analogy. It's, it's, and it's like it's a really here. hard thing to have to do yes. because it's like throughout the years you know like i took this class probably six seven years after my grandma passed away yeah. and i'm having to revisit yeah, all of yeah, these emotions exactly. and completely yeah. analyze exactly what i went through and then apply it to all these theories and everything that these guys mm-hmm. are saying and and, you know, it's it's a hard thing to do. And so that's why I completely understand why they're like, if you recently experienced a loss, don't take this class. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. uh, I do what I want. Yeah. And I did it, I did it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what I would have to say in regards to taking the class. Like, And that's why I gave you um, yeah, the no. grieving um, I book. Love, I love that you gave me those books. Because, A, well, of course, it was one of my favorite um, psychologists. But also, it shows you that there's grief in every aspect of your life life it's true no matter that you what, go through like are completely thing. normal yeah so that's why i would say i i pretty much i get kind of and it was just like i was reading it and i'd be like oh yeah no i did that oh yeah no i know what they're talking about oh yeah, yeah. i didn't think about that but i you now that i think back that, that actually that's applies to sorry kelly not to interrupt you well, <laughs> sorry i'm not not to be rude but like when i like when my dad died now like that book that you gave me mm-hmm. um elizabeth uh what's her name not Elizabeth, Elizabeth Kubler Ross. Ross. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Not Elizabeth Fuck. <laughs> Please don't say that. Yeah. That was Ryan. It was Ryan. All, it was everybody. <laughs> it was everybody. Anyways, but man, like once I like actually read it, and I was like, man, I did go through that. Like, it, like you do yeah. go through that. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I did. I thought I was strong. I thought I was awesome. I thought I was just like, you know what, my dad's dead. Whatever, I gotta grow up, do this shit. But you know what? I literally, I went through that shit. I drank a lot. I fucking 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I fucked up a lot. But you know what? Do one? And not to like, oh, my dad. But it's like, I want you to think about this, though, Tyler. You had a very complicated relationship with your father, so therefore your grieving process is going to be very complicated. Boom. Boom! (laughs) Right? Because, like, if you don't, you know, if you have that up and down relationship, you know, or you have those, like, what ifs, that's going to reflect in your grieving. To me, it's like my biggest is like, yeah, me and my dad, like, we did not get along at all. Sorry, Mom. I love you. <laughs> Listen to this. I don't care. It's you apologize to your family about five times. I'm, it's now. true, though. Let's it's, start making a tally. <laughs> no, it's true, though. I'm sorry. Like, we did not get along. Me and my dad did not get along. Like, my whole family. I'm sorry. But, like, I loved him so much. So, like, you know what I mean? And now that oh, he's yeah, that's gone, your dad. It's just, like, I, I don't yeah. know how to almost grieve. Like, I get over Like, when he was dead, and you know what? I was like, I'm not going to cry. Literally, what I told you before, it was like, I, when I walked outside, I saw you and Ryan yeah. and Matthew Lapointe. Right there, yeah. remember that? I broke down. Yeah, I yeah. fucking bawled. Yeah. Because I saw you, Sean. I saw my friends there. Just like well, I saw and that goes to show that they're kind of like your security. It's kind of like if I get in a car accident, I'm fine. And then when I call my mom, I just start crying. Yeah. You know, and that's how your friends are for you. I just, yeah. I never, I never, to me, my, my dad, oh, me, I love my dad. Of course I do. It was just like we never got along. Oh, my dad's dad. Oh, okay, 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 cool. Whatever. Grow up. Deal with it. N- now that I've done it now, as bad as it sounds, like, this is how I am, though. Like, mm-hmm. this is how it is. I love my mom. I love you, Donna. This is... <laughs> no, honestly, this is me and her. Yeah. This is that. Like, and Casey. She doesn't ever do No, but it's like... This is just our little family. Like, this yeah. is what we have. And I, ha- I know now to deal with it, like... But I, I would change anything in the world right now, you guys, to have my dad back. Oh well, yeah, of one course. Fucking moment. Yeah. I would literally, I would change anything just to have a minute with my dad. Yeah, of course. Well, Ryan said that you want to fucking. I almost cried when Ryan's like. Oh yeah. You know, when he's like, I would change everything. He's like, I would give that to my mom. Yeah, give that minute to Fuck. to his mom. Yeah. Like, holy <laughs> shit! It's true though, like. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, you, Kaylee, you've lost a lot of people. But, like, you don't, it's just like when you lose somebody, it's just like you just want that. Like, fuck. What I hate is, it's like, I hate, I hate that me and my dad, it's not like we didn't get along. We just, just didn't agree with shit. Right? Mm-hmm. And, like, now, no matter what, though, if I, if I knew he was dying, I would change my whole aspect of life. I would yeah. change everything that I do. Anything just to spend another fucking minute with him. Yeah. I would change everything. Even weird things, anything. You know what I mean? Even, even like politically or anything. Well, um, in a way, though, Tyler, I want you to reflect back on this because I was just talking about the bargaining stage, and this is where you're displaying yeah. right now. Yeah, right. You're still right? bargaining. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, um, you know, it's like you being like, oh, I wish I could have done this. Oh, I wish I can do this if I could go back and do this, you know? And that's exactly what the bargaining stage is, you know? And it's you like trying to negotiate in order to have that second chance or to have a chance, whether it be, you know, to have a conversation with your dad and to I get some closure with that. Right? Um, but that's bargaining stage that was a really good uh you did a really good 
turn around and brought it back into what you're talking about. That's true. <laughs> That's what I was I trying to do. <laughs> fucking great. Um, so I do want to move on into the depression stage. This is the fourth yeah, stage. Um, and basically it serves as a reaction to what has occurred. So what will be lost, surrendering um, to whatever you are losing. And you are at this point acknowledging loss that has occurred. Um, so... Basically, uh, Kubler-Ross did not see this stage as giving up. It was rather than seeking understanding of what was lost um, and what they are going to go through. And um, at this point, this is where they grieve. Yeah. Um, And then that's the fourth stage. And then the fifth stage is um, the acceptance stage. So this is almost um, void of feeling, a final stage where the end is more promising or there is um, not enough strength. So, for example, with my grandma, it's like, please just go. We don't want to see you suffer anymore. This is the acceptance. Um, The people who work through prior stages will come to quiet acceptance. Um, This is not a happy stage, but it's more so absence of emotion. the individual who uh, will fight that fights death will deny it just because they have come to terms um, and it begins to detach themselves from their loved ones. And um, it, this can trigger with a turn for the worse, so readiness to face death. And this can also be shown in the biological factors as well. So it's like if they accept this, then, you know, they might go a little bit faster, yeah, yeah, yeah. if that makes any sense. It does, though. Yeah, it does. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and, yeah, so more so acknowledgement rather than acceptance. Um, no more fighting, no more denial. And that's exactly what the for stages me, are. For me, though, like, I've never, I don't think, I've never fought with anybody, though. Like, when my dad died, it was like, my dad's dead. Like, my dad is dead. I fought. What I hated, though, is, just, like, I, I hated Aaron, that, like, ex from, like, Fucking 12 years ago. I hated her. I did. I, like, hated her because, like, I was like, you know what? I should have spent time with my dad. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's also anger. Right, yeah. though? There you go, and that's it. And then, right, though, and then, like, I didn't know what else is there. Okay, so there's denial. Just wait. Do you, do you, are these stages, like, always in the same order? No. Or do they no, fly God, around? No. Yeah. God, no. Absolutely not. Um, every individual's different. Every situation's different. They might skip you know certain stages like they might not have anger they might not have depression Mm -hmm. sometimes they might skip right to acceptance you know it's all depending on the perception of the individual and what they are grieving you know so it can kind of go all over the place yeah because everything like all the stages make sense to me but like when i was thinking back when i i I always think back to like things i'd done wrong whatever i felt like my stages, when I actually analyze it, my stages went all over the place. Yeah, like anger would always come back. Yeah, like <laughs> anger is your number one. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, that's how I was. Sorry, yeah. No, that's it. Like just like it's anger true. was a big for me, one. Though, anger, like yeah. just like I, I was so like I was mad. Not that my I was mad at God. Like, that's honestly, I told you like before. That's why I lost. Like I was religious before it. As yeah. soon as my dad died, fuck this. My dad's dead. I watched my dad fucking die. You know what I mean, though? And then, like, I got so angry. And I just got fucking mad about yeah. everything. And it's just like, you know what, though? I realized that, you know what? No. You know what? He made his... He's an alcoholic. I'm sorry. I love you, mommy. <laughs> and, uh, and fucking my dad's family. I'm sorry, but you know what? He drank a lot. 
And he got fucking stomach cancer because he drank a lot. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, do you know what I mean, though? Do you know what I mean, though? And you know what? I can't get mad about that. Like, he chose his own life. Okay? Yeah. Do you know what Everybody I mean? does, yeah. I don't want everyone to like that, though. Do you want no. that, though? That's a learning experience for you. You're going to learn from his mistakes, then. But fuck, Sean. Because obviously... I would trade anything <laughs> in the world just to have one meeting with him. Well, yeah, of course. I want him, because just, just like him, I would want to just go to Clark's because that was his <laughs> His place, yeah. Place, and have a beer with him. If anything in the world, if I could literally, if you're like, you, like... You're gonna die right now. I'd rather have a <laughs> sorry, I'm burnt. Sorry. No, but I'd rather literally have a beer with my dad right now. I would. Does that make sense? Yes, of course it does. It makes complete sense in like, I, would do anything. I bet you everybody who's lost somebody probably agrees with you too. You have no <laughs> idea. Like I would rather just do anything just I think it's a, a very this human is, thing. This is completely related, but have you guys ever gone to see a psychic? Yes, twice. Uh, twice. Yeah, once. I went, I think it was a couple years after my grandma passed away, and it was at the Fringe here in Saskatoon. And I ended up going, and I got my cards read and my palm um, read as well. And she, the only thing she took was my name, and it was kind of crazy. And don't get me wrong, I think some of them are legit. I don't think, I think some of them are frauds. I think they're pretty legit. Some of them, I think, can be frauds. And I was kind of a skeptic going in, but... One of the craziest things that she said to me was, recently you experienced a loss that was close to your mother. And I was like, holy shit, Shit, that's my grandma. (laughs) And then she's like, I want you to know, though, that she's here and she wants you to know that she's looking after you and she's looking over you. And I just started crying. Like, I had to leave the session. And I went and met my friends in... You can hear all the little bangs and stuff in the back. <laughs> and I went met my friends in the beer gardens. And they're, like, and they're like, you look like a ghost. Like, you look like you just got hit by a car. And I'm like, yeah. That's yeah, what it feels like. <laughs> but you know what's insane, though? And I guess that's also, like, a big part of, like, one of the things that really helped me get pushed to that acceptance and that being like, okay. You yeah. know, it's, like, it's... <laughs> I just do the podcast. We, we do the podcast out of my room. It's loud. And so if you guys can hear what we're laughing at, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> There's stuff going on so outside weird. the room. <laughs> Anyways, and so it's kind of like um, using that higher power and that like spirituality piece to kind yeah. of help you bring you to that final stage, right? Yeah. And that's, and I don't, and I don't like, you know, to focus on different religions. I like to say spirituality or higher power, right? Because every single person is different. However, when it does come to grieving, a lot of people, um, I'm not saying all people, but a lot of people do gravitate to their spirituality or to their higher power for answers or for some kind of hope, whether it be for an afterlife, you know, or whether it be meeting again in a complete other lifetime. I like that. That's good. <laughs> that was awesome. She's smart, though. I oh yeah. <laughs> What's uh? Wh- what do you guys think the difference between grief and mourning is? Okay, for grief. Like grief grieving is not accepting mourning. that you lost somebody. Yeah. Grief is like the struggle of like learning that you have to. Mourning is like when you learn to accept somebody. Yeah. Somebody's gone. You're, you're ready to accept. Or, or is mourning and grieving like more like, or 
like grieving is the the uh, I feel like they're hand in hand. That's what I mean. That's what I was trying to get. Yeah, it's like while you're (laughs) while you're going through the grieving process, a a piece by piece, it is also mourning Mourning. as well. Yeah, that's in my personal opinion. Yeah, Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that was good. (laughs) Good episode. Okay, so I I have an eight year old. This is like. Okay. Um, this Let's is my like it. my last like question I like thought up beforehand. Okay, yes. Um, I have an eight year old. He was at. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. the best. Uh, he was at my Baba's funeral three years ago, so he was five. Uh, and many people were like, "You're taking a five year old to a funeral to an open casket, all this stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah, you I, have, yeah." I was I was about eight when my eight or nine when my when my uh, Dito died in 1995 and. I, his was an open casket as well, you know. Like so, so sh- do you guys think a child should go to a funeral? Yeah, absolutely. I do. Yeah, I, I think, think it's so. Actually, where you they learn that you know what this this is your life. And then, yeah. Like yes, you're gone. Like Liam had a big uh, like my son had a big learning experience that night that day. Uh, so, um, my Bob is laying there in the in the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, and you can see her. And uh, I'm I was one of the pallbearers along with all my uh, cousins and my brothers and sisters, yeah. and uh, my mom told me later that Liam leaned over to her and was like, "Who's laying down there?" And mom, my mom said, "That's Baba," and he goes, uh, "Is she gonna wake up?" And then she's like, "No, he's not gonna wake yeah, up." And then he fuck. started crying, which when I saw that, I started crying for the first time for it. <laughs> I was like, of course, yeah. Of and course. then, and then, also after we, after we, she, uh, we laid her in the grave, and we're driving away. He was crying again. I'm like, holy crap! He didn't even meet her that often, but I think it's just like all this stuff. That like, just, just like just the, I think the, the emotion, all at of once. Feeling, though. Yeah. But you also have to keep in mind when it comes to young children. Yeah. They're um, connecting the dots and their mental and cognitive capacities aren't there like ours yeah. are. You know, so a matter of coming to terms that something is past yeah you know you will you won't see baba yeah you know and that is an emotional roller coaster for them however i honestly believe as human beings that's something that we really do need to go through you do you need these experiences because now for the next um you know loss that he experienced he's gonna obviously reflect back yeah. to what he experienced with baba yeah and he's going to apply those tools and it's the cognitive connections kind of coming back into play and like this is essentially what's going to help him grieve and learn and move forward mm-hmm. you know whereas like if you try and shelter children from you know these rituals how are they to you know adapt exactly yeah so and this is exactly it like funerals wakes open caskets these are known as like cultural rituals you know what i mean so people do this um in order to help the grieving Mm -hmm. you know and um for personal experience when i was 26 years old um both my grandparents on my father's died they died or dad's side (laughs) they died a couple years apart and they are not religious at all, so we did not have funerals. They pretty much just cremated their bodies, and that was it. Oh, no wake or anything? No, no wake. We that's didn't weird. go and visit family, weird, yeah. nothing. And 
at that point in my life, I had already grieved like mm-hmm. five, six, seven people and no grieving experience was similar to those experiences because even though I kind of refuse to do the whole open casket thing, it's just a personal preference for myself, yeah. I didn't get that chance. I didn't get to have that closure. I didn't get to have that send off for them or, you know, to kind of come to an end in that chapter. So it was almost as if the death didn't even happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, when it comes to individuals, and this kind of results back to really anything in life, whether it be you know funerals, graduation ceremonies, or whatever, I would highly suggest going. Even at that point in your life, you're like, oh, I don't really want to go. Force yourself and go because you know a few years, two years, two months down the line, and you're thinking back, and you're like, shit, I should have went. Yeah. Because you're like that was an important part of my life that I should have experienced, whether I was in it emotionally or not. Because whether it be, you know, two years, two months, four years down the line, you have that closure, you have that acceptance. Whereas, you know, you might need to take a different path and you might need to take a different grieving process in order to get to the acceptance. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. So, and I, I honestly think those funerals wow. are very important. And it's the same thing if you want to talk open casket. Some people absolutely need that. Okay, what know? I love though, sorry, in America or in Africa, they have a thing where they literally, they're dead, they go around in a truck and they literally cry in front of people. Like yeah. there's a, a, like a, a truck and they literally have the dead body and they their families are crying in front of them to me it's just like i feel like lately it's just like you have to like be ashamed almost to like to lose somebody like i feel like it's more accepting of everything actually losing somebody has always been accepting, not losing though. but it's like I you guess. know what sean me and you always been like the same but like yeah. those like i'm sorry those big truck rough rider like loving dudes like i'm sorry this is like you find somebody that you love yeah and it's hard to like actually find somebody that you actually connect with. You yeah. know what I'm saying though? Yeah. But what I'm saying though is like it's hard like I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get his thoughts out. Yeah. Get his thoughts all <laughs> pieced together. On yeah. the, on You're the doing fly. good. You're doing yeah. good. Keep yeah, going. Go go <laughs> So basically what you're trying to say, Tyler, is that um, there are many different rituals or different, you know, funerals, different ceremonies, depending on, you know, the culture, depending on the region, depending on, you know, the religion, you know, and it can look very different. Basically, basically like grieving is all human to me grieving grieving it was all humankind no matter what no matter what um region you're in it's just it's a humanity thing Mm -hmm. you know and it does look very very different and a lot of people are exposed to much different things like look at and you know what i find is really really upsetting to me is and I know this is going to be a sensitive subject for a lot of people, but look at the Syrian refugees. Yeah. Oh look at gosh. what they are exposed to in comparison to what we are exposed to. Yeah. Like there are children who are walking by dead bodies or yes. being, like oh having God. like their bedrooms blown up while they're like in the kitchen. And it's like where in comparison to some of what we are exposed to, it's like that would be a huge it thing. Would be a, so imagine, imagine their perception of death. Yeah. and grieving and loss in comparison to ours 
it's a, an, on a complete different there, level. And there's just like an everyday thing. Yeah. Like it's like an every, dies. it's an everyday like, battle. And it's like, yeah. oh, guess what? I didn't lose a limb today. It's a yeah. good day. Whereas I'm fuck. like, well, fuck, I got a speeding ticket. This is the yeah. shit. <laughs> it's the worst day ever. And, it, and then yeah. when you take a step back and you think on a global perspective, you're like, holy shit, am I ever like materialistic and low? Because it's like, <laughs> that would be devastating to me. Whereas it's like, holy shit, these kids are living in a war zone. Yeah. That's true, though. Eh? And that's what I mean, like, when it comes to grieving loss and, like, you know, that bereavement thing. It's There's so much different perceptions and realities depending on where you live, what you are exposed to, what you see. And that's why we are lucky to be in Canada. Go oh, fucking right. Boom. Boom. <laughs> so that, I know that that's what that you're kind of trying to say. Yes, thank you, Kelly. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> but you know what, though? I think that we live in a time and age right now because I know that you were kind of getting into like men showing emotion and how, you know, it is frowned down on from society. And I think that we are coming into a much different generation where it is yes. accepted and it is encouraged. I hate it. I Sean, I love you. Like, we, me and you, like, we're so open like, yeah. about things that we. Yeah. I'm. I'm not scared of anything. You know what? I cry. I cry. You know what? I mean, right? I Do wish I cry? could. No, but you know what I mean. No, I honestly like, can't. Like that. No, but like you know what? Things like that. Like you know what? I hate. I hate like the big army thing. The whole like, yeah. oh, we're gonna be a man. God, do this. Like, no, you don't. You know what? You are yourself. This is who you are. I'm Tyler Schofer. I like music. I like to play guitar. I don't want to go to war. I don't want to fucking fight with anybody. Do you know what I mean? Though. Yeah. What about you, Sean? How are you? That's about it. <laughs> that's like I'm I'm no, not you know I mean, I'm not the type like, of guy who's gonna pick up a uh uh pick up a fucking rifle and start fighting no, God, fighting for no. my country but that's we come from Canada though exactly forever sorry, we've been sorry. known it's as like, like peacemakers and that's that how we're like, brought up you know though, I hate you know what this is Canada what is Canada literally immigrants coming to Canada sorry and then, right though, that's what it is. Like, this yeah. is what it is. I hate that. Even like, oh, same with America though too. It's no, just they're always immigrants. I'm like, man, you guys are fucked. Like, yeah. you guys are fucked. I'm sorry. This is how I believe, <laughs> and this is what I believe in. But keep in mind, this is also based on our perception. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean. Whereas the person who might be listening to this might be like, "You guys are full of shit." Yeah, exactly. And Whatever. that's and but I'm you know what of... though, in the same way, that's the beauty of it all. But right. you know what? exactly. Yeah, we don't need to yeah, like exactly. You know what? Everybody has their own aspects. It... And you know what? Nobody wait. Nobody. Great Western. Thank <laughs> <Like> you, Carrie. <laughs> I did. Nobody, it. Nobody, <laughs> yeah, you did. No, nobody's aspect is wrong though. It's true though. Exactly. Yeah. That's just your mentality. It's your thought. That's there's some people think. out there that they are wrong. They just Fucking don't. Right. They just think they're right. But there's some terrible, terrible. All people I out hate there. though, I love everybody. Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I love you just, everybody. You just like, go, don't be racist. Yeah. I uh, I grew up. My best friend Yvonne. But I just want to make a note here, too, is I completely understand where you're coming from and be like, don't be racist. But what about for that five year old who was raised in a racist home where it's like the the thought of racist slurs were embedded in their brain? This is how people are. This is what you have to think. You know what I mean? And it's like those people aren't even you can't really blame them. Can you? Can I say something? Can I say something? My family, my mom. But honestly, (laughs) though, like they're so racist. I grew up my my dad, my mom. They were like, like, I'm sorry, they're white. I'm sorry. I love you guys. It's true. They're pretty racist, and I got mad at them. 
all the time. I get in giant fights with them because I am not racist. Mm-hmm. They would get mad at it. Like, they would, like, be, oh, you got beat up? Because, yes, I would get beat up by native people. Because, you know what? That is how it is in Saskatoon right now. There's, who's poor? Who's, who's like, uh, run down? Who's the native people? So and I would get beat up. That that comes right back to, like, taking a step back and looking at... But you know what? I'm not Where racist. they came from. Exactly. So yeah. I'm not racist. So you're not... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I did get beat up. I got my ass kicked. Do, you, do I hate them? No. Not at all. You know what? I grew up with... My best friend was uh, Spanish. My best friend was from Laos. Like, those are my best friends. Like, I've yeah. never... I've never... I've, that's why I hate racism so much. Because mm-hmm. I never grew up... Like, I... I yeah, to I me, I've it. never grew up with, like, thinking that some other race is better. Like, never to me. Like, never. Mm-hmm. But that's also, too, how you were kind of raised and yeah. how you were brought up. My, I know my family. Like, well, I'm if sorry. they were, then then you just had something in you where you needed to, uh, because of, what, because what of your friends. You what, what changes you, though? Well, your friends. Friends. I know that friends for me had like a huge, um, huge emphasis on how I am. Um, Like I love my parents. They have given me every single opportunity you could ever imagine. Um, They are both conservative individuals. They come from highly prestigious, respected um, occupations. For example, my dad is an RCMP and my mom is a nurse. So they have seen the extremes Mm -hmm. on both ends where they might have developed some... um, ideations in regards to certain races or to certain um lifestyles or behavioral decisions and whereas i am like a complete opposite you know like i am a youth care worker who works with at-risk inner city kids of all different um ethnicities and Mm -hmm. like status whereas like i completely have a different idea yeah you know and so like you might have questions being like oh well what's their race and it's like does it matter that, exactly does it matter though? does it right? matter no. does it matter though? no i hate it that question yeah man i'm sorry like i hate like i love my job i'm just like people i work with are so racist i got so mad the other day because someone is like oh he's don't like, even oh, listen to the t- podcast no he's like oh he's a typical oh typical indian just drunk or whatever i'm like man i sent straight on my dude I straight, I'm white. I'm not. Yeah. I looked at him and was like, I don't appreciate you talking like that. Yeah. I said, I'm like, I don't like you talking like that. I'm not comfortable listening to you talk about that. Yeah. He was dissing like native people and like drunks. I was like, I, I straight up said, there's no reason like why. I was just like, I just, I'm not comfortable with you talking about that. And please don't talk about this with me. Yeah. Because it's true. I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I don't like that. Like, I'm, I'm so not. For racism. I'm sorry, it's true. Like I fucking hate racism. Yeah. There's no like there's a joke at my gym. I have a, a black friend, I have an Asian friend, and then it, they always bug me because I look like Hitler. Because I have a haircut. <laughs> sorry. I have yeah. a haircut, right? So they always bug me that I look, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's funny to yeah. me. Like, it's laugh, funny. Well you know, the only the only thing is though like they, they it's funny that I'm the guy getting the racist But but do you, you know what I'm saying though? But, like but you do you actually feel that that's oh, racism? God, no. no, God, no, no. That's the thing. I don't feel like people. People will like complain about like, where's all the white people's stuff? Yeah, you know, like all the. Yeah, it's like it's just or like, like or like I've been we called are a honky. So lucky. I've been called a. I've been called a honky. I've been called a white trash. It's like yeah. And how did you feel afterwards? Were you did did it like put you down over like no. you know sixty year lifetime? Yeah, exactly, man. No, probably not. You got, you got called it once. You probably laughed and. 
made fun of them, which is but man, fucking like, stupid the too. Fucking, I'm sorry, but like the fucking um, any of the fucking reserves and the fucking like they that shit. I'm sorry though. I'm sorry. That has to get. Sound angry about it. I'm sorry. Can I'm, we just, I'm not, let's you're, just tone. You're angry in the positive let's, way let's about it. Let's self-regulate right? right now. I'm sorry. I'm very <laughs> mad about it. I'm sorry. It definitely needs to change. It up needs there. to change. And you know what? It it, it needs to change. Mm-hmm. You know what I hate though is like people like oh you know what oh fuck whatever they made their own bad they've done all this shows like no no, no they didn't no no they fucking didn't you know what because you know what if my parents my parents you know what. Yeah, if my parents were alcoholics or drinking all the time, I would do the same thing. You grow up with that. That's just yeah. how you grow up to your race to do that. Well, right? and that kind of where it comes over nurture versus nature. You know, an uh, individual is exposed to certain surroundings and environments, and eventually they adapt to those environments. Whereas a lot of the times, unless if it's, you know, cro- like a chromosome or like some sort of disorder, the bi- I, I, this is my perception and this is my belief. I don't yeah. really think bio- biology has really anything to do with it. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> because that's why it's like if you are exposed to this, yeah. you everything are more inclined be, to do this. Everything can be learned uh, and yeah. everything can be unlearned, though, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. With resiliency. Yeah. yeah. That was good. Oh, I think yeah. I think that's a good ending right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was good. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Kaylee, for coming on. Yeah. Here. Thanks for having Kaylee. me. You're, fuck I, yeah. Yeah. That was that was fucking great. Um, okay. I'm gonna do a little bit. Of, tell you guys where all the uh, you know the what's it called? Yeah. The I'm plugs. plugging it. Fuck, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Andersonville. I'm plugging it. Yeah. Make sure you check out Andersonville uh, North uh, Rally and Races on Facebook. Uh, if you want a T-shirt, you know, just message them. You can get one. Patches, patches and, patches and yeah. stickers. They're $3 each. And ch- check out Andersonville in August. No, it is a yeah. fun we time. We are going to be there. Yeah, we are going to be there again. <laughs> It'll be my fourth time coming. I think Tyler's yes, like is. fifth or something yes, like that. Yes, exactly. Uh, it, it's such a good time. You know, they got bands playing and everything. It's it's just, you know, drunk fun. It's a great time. And yeah. you don't have to worry about anything because... They're bikers. You, <laughs> exactly. Actually, exactly. They're nice guys. There's no judgment. Yeah. No, really, really not. Um, okay. So, and then uh, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube. I still have to get some more fucking videos on. Yeah, YouTube. you. Do. I really. Do. You know, I, I I do two podcasts, do good, and I'm trying to develop a you're third doing one good, too. Bro. I can't. I can't say I'm not doing anything. Yeah. So you're doing um, good, bro. And uh, you know, you know, subscribe, rate, and review on those, and or wherever you listen to your podcast at whatever your directory is. Uh, our Twitter handle is at this life game, uh, Facebook search this life game and click that like button. We really want you guys to come on the adventure with us. The adventure this yeah. is an adventure. Yeah. This life game, the adventure. <laughs> uh, and you know what? If, if you have any comments, constructive criticism, questions for us, send that to the, send that to us. Uh, this life game at gmail.com. I want to know. I want to know what we could do. I want to know. I want to know what we can do better. I want to know, know what we're doing. Questions good. that we can do. Yeah, yes, even exactly. just topic suggestions. Topic suggestions, just anything. Thank you. Yeah. Kaylee. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah. So thanks. Thanks again, Kaylee. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. See you, guys.